0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource you towards growth in all areas of your life, spiritual, personal and professional. We seek to do this through the Catholic Women's Masterclass, our online courses and resources, as well as our Catholic coaching programs for women, The Genius Podcast and our live virtual Catholic women. If you are interested in finding out about any of these initiatives, can I invite you to visit our website www.geniusproject.co or come over and join us on Instagram genius underscore project underscore daily or you can subscribe to the Genius Project YouTube channel. If you subscribe, then you will get a notification every time a new episode drops. Ladies, we had a break from the podcast last week because I was flat out organizing the Sisterhood National Catholic Women's Conference, which was held in Sydney, Australia last weekend. It was so edifying to come together under the one roof with a couple of hundred Catholic women of all ages and stages and backgrounds of life just to really seek and press into what is the Lord wanting for me? What is he wanting to do for me? How can I grow in my life? How can I grow in my key relationships? And how is he inviting me to go deeper into the fullness of who he's created me to be. The theme for the conference was deeper and these are some of the topics that each of the keynote speakers unpacked in their sessions. It was really, really a very beautiful weekend. If you'd like to catch up on some of those talks, you can visit the Shalom World TV YouTube channel and you can catch some of the conference on there. On this week's episode of the Genius Podcast, I'm going to share with you my keynote talk that I gave at the Sisterhood Conference. And the title of the talk was, Are You Tired of Living in a Small Story? I really hope and pray that this episode blesses you. All right, we need you awake for this talk this morning because I think, not because I'm saying it, because the Bible says it, it's perhaps one of the important skills that you can learn in your life. So we've had a great start to the conference and I'm so grateful to the speakers who have gone before me. They have laid such a magnificent foundation, don't you think, on which to build this conference. Alyssa, I wish I could sing. I've been given lots of gifts, but I'm like, why couldn't you give me the gift of singing? I was standing next to her last night going, hmm, don't sing too loud. <laughs> I think five years ago, I was standing next to Darlene Check, I was like, definitely not singing. <laughs> so... Anyway, I've been given other gifts, so grateful for those. But um, the speakers, Fiona, you just gave a beautiful message this morning, one that I think resonates with a lot of people, wouldn't you agree? There's so many things just left over from COVID. And then Trish McCarthy last night, always bringing a memorable message. Um, And Alyssa, particularly speaking about fear and the role that fear plays in our life. And I think what the enemy does, we have to realize that we have a God in heaven who loves us and he has a plan for us. We know that through scripture, he has plans to prosper us and not to harm us. But I think sometimes we forget that we have an enemy who is working equally hard to keep us contained, okay? So he often uses things like fear or jealousy, insecurity to keep us trapped and contained in living in a small story. And so that's the title of my message today is, are you tired of living in a small story? Because God actually, that's not God's plan or purpose for you. He, you're here today and he's inviting you to step into a deeper story. And we know that that's what he wants for you. He wants a story that's full of abundance. Trish spoke about that last night. And in scripture we read that Jesus says, I have come that you would have life and have it to the? Louder. Full. And another translation is in In abundance. So Christ actually wants you to live into this deeper story and the abundant life. But you can't do that when you're living trapped and contained in a small story. And the enemy will stop at nothing to keep you contained so that you actually never live into the fullness of who you were created to be in Christ. St. Irenaeus says the glory of man or woman, yes, the glory of God is man or woman fully alive. And Ephesians says that we are called to exist for the praise of his glory. But when we're living trapped in a small story, we can't actually exist for the praise of his glory, can we? Because we're living small. We're living under fear. We're living under lies. And we're living under containment. And I truly believe that God actually is inviting each and every one of us to break out of those small stories. So... Question for you today is what are the small stories that are defining your life? Because we have the circumstances and the things that happen to us in life. And then we have the stories that we tell ourselves about the circumstances. Quite often we think that we're a victim to our circumstances. So we have like something that happens to us and objectively life can be brutal, can't it? Like there's grief, there's loss, there's trauma, there's tragedy. There's disappointment, there's broken dreams, there's shattered relationships. It can be absolutely brutal. But that does not have to define our story. What happens to you is not who you are. So we have these circumstances over here. So I want you to say there's a circumstance here. And what happens is often we jump over here to how we feel, we have an intense reaction or emotion. And then from that emotion we act. And then from those actions, we get the results in our life. But we actually forget there is this sacred space between what we feel and the circumstance. And that is our thought life, like what's actually happening in our mind. And Jesus says to us, and scripture tells us, that we can be renewed, that we can be transformed by the power of our mind. And so I want to anchor us in two scriptures this morning, Romans twelve two which you will know very well, but I'm gonna read two translations to you. The first one is, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, what his good, pleasing and perfect will is. Another translation is, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person This is important by changing the way you think. So you can go on a diet or you can go and get a new wardrobe or you can rearrange your house and that might make you feel good for a little while. But if you don't change the mindset that's going on and driving some of the results in your life, then you're just gonna keep falling back into the same patterns. So have you ever had that experience where you have a new year's resolution or you decide, right, today's the day, I'm gonna break free of this, only to find yourself. Put your hands, if you are in repetitive patterns, and you get frustrated, yes. And I think sometimes we haven't been taught the skills that we actually need to discipline our mind so we can actually experience the abundant life and the transformation that Christ actually wants to give us. So we're going to look at moving from a small story into a deeper story today. And I want to give you some really practical skills and tools to actually help you do that. So that when you go home, you actually know what to do. Because sometimes we can listen to talks or we can read good books, but then we're still left with the question of how. Like how do I actually put this into place in my life in the circumstances that I'm facing? And I truly believe this is possibly one of the most important skills you will learn in your life is how to discipline your mind And bring your thoughts under the obedience and the lordship of Christ. So a lot of the results that you're getting in your life are driven by your thoughts and the stories that you're telling yourself about your situation. A couple of years ago, as you know, COVID hit. Maybe missed that. (laughs) COVID hit and for my family personally, it was Um, a terrible situation, we have a speaking business, so, and a lot of our work is in the United States. So, I remember that first year just being (laughs) shell-shocked. Like, we were in lockdown, homeschooling, three things, or four things I said I'd never do, would never do public speaking, would never set up my own business, would never work with teenagers, and would never homeschool. So, (laughs) for those of you who don't know much about me, my husband and I set up a business, public speaking to teenagers. So, (laughs) You have to be careful what you say you'll never do. And and I say we're homeschooling, but um, my husband's doing most of it. (laughs) He often says, Karen, it takes two people to make a wee. (laughs) But anyway, I like to claim some of that. (laughs) Um, So COVID hit. And I remember that first year, we have a heated um, bathroom floor, our ensuite, And I remember many nights in that first few months, just lying on the floor. That was my prayer space because it was winter in Canberra, it was cold. And I remember just crying, like, you know, when you can't go any lower and I would just lie on this floor (laughs) because it was so warm (laughs) and I felt like I was just falling into God's arms, like even in the midst of the fear, the uncertainty, the total chaos that felt like was unfolding around us, I felt like God was there to catch me. I have to say, I don't think I managed my mindset very well in those first few months. It was quite challenging. Um, But as the second year came, the first year came to a close and I remember talking to Laura Rowland and she said to me, Karen, you actually have far more control over your circumstances than you realize. And I was like, yeah, but you don't understand. There's this, there's this, we've lost this, this has happened. And she's like, no, 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 you have far more control over your circumstances than you realize. You can still choose to get up and walk each morning You can still choose to get up and put on fresh clothes, make up and make an effort. You can still choose to be generous and to go out beyond your own pain to call another person who might be going through a difficult time. So there's still things that we can do in the midst of that difficulty. And I got to the end of that year and I thought, I'll be damned if I'm going to have another year like that. And I thought, no, nah, Satan, you're not going to have this. You're not going to have my joy, my family, like whatever God's got in store for us. And I, I think something happened where I just arm it up. I arm it up in the word of God, like Zinka spoke about last night, that became my weapon. And instead of talking in my head about all the fear, I started speaking the promises and the truth of God. And I can tell you that that process radically changed my experience and the place that I'm in today. And so I think the same can be true for all of you, no matter what situation or circumstance you're facing, the Lord is inviting you into that deeper story through the renewal of your mind. So if I was to ask you what the most powerful thing about you as a human person is, or a woman, some people have said their heart, some people have said their generosity, but the most powerful thing about us as human persons created in God's image and likeness is our mind. And we have so much power over our thoughts. And so this is what I actually want to spend a little bit of time diving into right now. Because I want to give you practical skills. Because a lot of women that I coach and I walk through the master class with, they don't know how to actually do this. They haven't been taught how to discipline their mind. And to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. And when we say that word, take something captive, it implies there's a bit of a struggle, doesn't it? Like if you're gonna take something captive, it's not gonna come willingly to you. There's a struggle and a wrestle and there's a lot of work. So you have to understand that there is a bit of work in disciplining your mind and walking into this abundant life. But I'm going to give you five points. So if you're taking notes, I like points, I like to be fed things, so that's what I'm gonna do for you. So five points, the first one, the first practical thing I want you to understand is the power of the gift of your mind and understanding how your mind actually works because i think if we understand how we've been wired how god has created us then we can actually get our brains working for us rather than against us so there's two things that are really important the first is understanding and a lot of you will know this just the neuroplasticity of the brain that our brains can be molded and shaped they're not fixed so, you know, if you go through your life and you're told you're a loser or you're fat or you're ugly, or you're never going to make anything of yourself, what actually happens is your brain carves out this neural pathway. So it's like a waterfall. If you think about water flowing off a mountain, and over time, that water is going to groove a particular path, isn't it, to, to come off the mountain. And then when it rains again, it's just naturally going to take that path. And the same thing happens with our mind. But the neuroplasticity of our mind means we can actually start to change those pathways when we become intentional about what we're thinking. The second thing is we have this little part of our brain called the RAS. It's a reticulator activating service and it's designed to assign and look for patterns in our life. So if you've always been told you're fat, you're ugly, you'll never amount to anything. Every experience, every conversation, every situation you walk into, you're going to be looking for things that are going to confirm that particular thought. So I use this example that um, back in 2017, we went overseas. My kids saw, they wanted a dog. They were begging for a dog and I was saying, no, no, no. And then Jonathan came home and he said, well, let's get a Cavoodle. They look like a nice dog. Now I'd never heard of a Cavoodle before, never seen one. But from the moment he said, let's get a cavoodle, I noticed cavoodles everywhere because my brain was suddenly tuned into noticing and that's what that RAS does. You see, we can always notice what's wrong is always available to us. You know, it's so easy to focus on what's wrong. But I want you to understand, so is what's right. And so my invitation for you today is to really start to notice what's right. What are you grateful for? Like the world is onto this, there's gratitude journals and start with your intentions and your gratitudes, but there is something in that. Because if you start to focus on what you're grateful for, you start to notice all the ways in which the Lord is actually blessing your life, the ways in which he's actually holding you in different circumstances. So once you've learnt about your brain, the second step is to identify the stories that you're telling yourself. There's a narrator in your mind, it's that chatter that goes all day. A lot of the time, we're not even tuned into it. But the stories we tell ourselves become the scripts that we live by. And those scripts just play on loop in our mind. So these scripts then drive how we feel and how we feel determines how we show up or how we don't show up in our life and the lives of those around us. And then that drives the results we're getting. So I would say to you that the stories you tell yourself have a direct impact on where you are right now and the results you're getting in your life. And so there's an invitation to look at and even think about right now, right on your journal, what, is, what are the stories, what are the small stories that are on loop in your mind? Have a think for a moment. What are those small stories? How do they limit you? How are they preventing you from showing up in your marriage in your parenting, in your friendships, in your work, in what you really feel called to do, but you're too afraid to actually step into or step out into that calling. You see, the brain wants to make sense of what's happening, so it layers down a narrative, this story. But I'm gonna play a bit of a Jedi mind trick on you and say to you that the story you tell yourself might not actually be accurate. It's actually really important to start questioning some of those stories. And I spoke about, you know, we go from the circumstance to the feeling, but we forget this sacred space of our thought life. And it's really important. This is the space in which God wants to bring about our renewal, our restoration, and our transformation. And so we really need to spend a little bit more time camped in that area. You don't have to accept the narrative that your brain is laying down. The third step is to start to interrogate the story that you're telling yourself. So if you think about a judge and a jury, do we have any lawyers here? Monica, I can see you at the back. How many lawyers are actually in the room? Oh, a couple, good. (laughs) So interrogating your story means bringing your thoughts before a jury and a judge and really analyzing them and asking some good questions about them. You see, we're different to the animals. We actually have this ability to think about our thinking, right? And thoughts are nothing more than sentences going through your mind. If you can kind of simplify it like that, it helps you to be a little bit more objective about the situation. So when we interrogate the story we start to ask questions that separate the fact from the fiction and the facts are the undeniable undisputable things that have happened and once you start to learn this process and this is something I walk people through in our coaching programs and I can see Monica I've just seen you at the back there Monica has done the same training It's really helpful just to take people through what we call the reason cycle And what we do is we hold a thought up to reason, to reason, understanding, and judgment. And we ask some good questions. So I want you to write down reason, because this is something I want you to take home with you. We have to pass our thoughts through reason, which means we have to ask if they're true. And as I said to you, for something to be true, it has to be true 100% of the time. So if you come to me and you say, I'm fat, I'm a loser, well, I'm like, is that really true 100% of the time? Well, it's not. So it doesn't pass through that test. The second element is judgment. Asking yourself, where does this thought come from? Who wants you to keep thinking this thought? And what is the tone of the thought? And you need to understand that all of those condemning, critical, nasty thoughts that often we're not quite tuned into, you have to understand they're not from God. They're from the enemy who wants to keep you in that small story. And then finally, is understanding. Asking questions of how is this thought actually benefiting me? Is this thought helping me grow in the pursuit of virtue? Or is it leading me away from God and making me indulge in vices that are taking me further from God? This is really, it's such a powerful skill. I've experienced it in my life. I witness it in the lives of the women that I coach. And when you truly understand how to pass thoughts through this reason cycle, then you start to get a grip and you learn these skills on how you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Satan really does Focus his attacks on our mind and our thoughts. If we look at the Garden of Eden, we see that the snake sort of slithered his way into the woman's life. And I don't know if you've been following Sister Miriam James Heitland's Lenten reflection on the formed platform, but a couple of weeks ago she was talking about the enemy and she was saying he's very much like a sniper, like he's stealth and he's cunning and he's strategic. And so what he will do is he will kind of enter into some of those circumstances or situations of your life and he'll sow a lie and he'll sow a little seed. And then that RAS part of your brain will start to notice things that will confirm that and that lie tends to grow until you start to believe that lie is the truth about who you are. And he often targets us in the area of our identity and our purpose and our value you need to understand that the enemy has a very particular hatred for women. In the garden, she was the person who was approached. And we say not because she was the weaker sex, but actually because Satan knew her potential strength, that she was the guardian and the gatekeeper of life. And as women, we are the guardians and the gatekeepers of life and love in our homes, in our workplace. And so if we are living in a small story, then we cannot be you know, making full expressions to Christ's image. We never actually grow into the fullness of who we are and we're never actually able to reflect the fullness of God's image to those around us. I'll share with you just before we wrap up about a very small story that I used to live in. Believe it or not, I had a pathological fear of public speaking. So when I was in grade six, if a teacher asked me to read out loud, I would just go like red as this folder. (laughs) Uh, In drama in year seven, I would find any excuse to chuck a sickie or go to the toilets and pretend that I wasn't there. (laughs) And it drove a lot of the results in my life, where I actually didn't step into things that I felt called to because of that fear. Fast forward 20 years, and we go and work in a boys' boarding school, so remember I said I'd never do teenagers. And I was nursing as an oncology nurse, and two days before... Um, School went back, Jonathan was the campus minister, they asked me to be the director of the health clinic. And I was like, I don't do teenagers. (laughs) I was like, oh my goodness. So I did feel called and I said yes, but I stepped into that still feeling fear. Not only did they get me to do the student health clinic role, but every Monday night they wanted me to present to the female boarders that joined the boys boarding school. And so every Monday night, I would have to present a reflection. And every Monday night, I was beside myself. You can ask Jonathan. I was stressed out of my brain. And, um, but I, I still did it. And then we started to be asked to do seminars on relationships and dating. And more and more, the Lord was leading me into something that I had this story that was really keeping me contained and holding me back. And I had a very strong sense that this is the call of God on my life but I wasn't actually able to step into it because of this small story. Eventually, you know, God gave me some revelations. I did a Toastmasters course, I did a few things. And my husband, Jonathan's a great man, as many of you know, he's a, he's a fantastic speaker. It's what he's on the planet to do. And so he always championed and believed in me and, and pushed me forward. And I'm very grateful to him for that. But had I not have stepped out of that small story into a deeper story, had I not learned some practical skills and tools, then I wouldn't be standing here today. I wouldn't have done the things that I did. And one of the girls who was at that boarding school when she's 12 was sitting here. <laughs> so, and Tamara, is, she came to her first conference five years ago and came to a personal relationship with Jesus. So I want to ask you, like, who is missing out? What are you missing out on because of the small stories that you're living in? Is it your husband? Is it your children? Is it the people you're ministering to? The people you meet in the supermarket that you could just bless with a smile or a kind word? So it's really, I really invite you to just ask those questions. And then the fourth point is to imagine a better story. St. Joan of Arc says, I see God in my imagination. God gives us this beautiful gift of our imagination to to have a vision, to see something that doesn't yet exist. Habakkuk says, without the vision, the people perish. So it's not like daydreaming or slough. Like I think once you get over 40, you know, let's admit it, life is hard. There's a juggle. It's really full. There's so many demands on us. And so you can lose a sense of that wonder and awe of dreaming of like, you know, what does God want for me in this season of my life? And I think I've experienced this many years ago, but I see this in the lives of women that somehow we get shunted to the sidelines of our own life. We administrate our families, we function, but we're not actually in the arena of our own life. And so once again, there's another invitation for you this weekend is to ask God, what is the dream that he has for you in this season of your life? Like, what are the desires, the things that have been crushed through disappointment or the heaviness or the juggle of life? Like, the Lord really wants to invite you. That's part of living into a deeper story, is getting in touch with the desires of your heart and the dreams that God has for you in this season. And he has a different dream for us in every season of our life. So it's worth asking that question. Imagining a better story is such a powerful thing to do and I really invite you to come before the blessed sacrament today and just ask God like what is the story that you want for my life so I'm going to ask them um, the music ministry is here and I want to just invite you in a moment to stand and we're just going to sing a quiet song And I really believe that in the power of the spoken word in worship and a declaration over our lives, because we sit with this negative chatter going on in our mind, but sometimes we just need to silence the enemy. We need to silence that voice with a spoken word and a declaration. One thing I'll leave you with is I wanna encourage you at some point this weekend to write down some of those negative thoughts that are the seeds and the things that are driving how you're acting and feeling in your life. And then I invite you to look at what are the themes there? Are they around your worth? Are they around your value? What, what is the theme in those thoughts? You'll find a theme and the chances are that theme goes back to an experience that you had in your life, a wound, because the enemy comes into our life when we're wounded, when we go through trauma and pain and he sows that thought, and sometimes, what we can do is we can make an agreement with the lie that he sows in our life. And Jesus wants to break that this weekend for you. Beautiful quote from C.S. Lewis where he says, There is no neutral ground in the universe. Every square inch, every split second is claimed by God and counterclaimed by Satan. And you have the power to choose where you're going to go through your thoughts. We have far more power over our thought life. We have far more power over our transformation and our restoration than we realise. See, God is actually calling you to co-create your life with Him. You're not just this blank slate, this robot going through the motions of life. You are actually called to get in the arena of your life and be a co-creator with God. And if you want God's grace to be activated in your life, you actually have to be an active participant. You actually have to act. Saint Augustine said, he who created you without your cooperation, he's not gonna save you without your cooperation. Saint Joan of Arc said, act and God will act. So we have to take a step step of faith. And so I invite you to stand this morning and just take that step of faith to take that first step of saying to the Lord, I'm gonna come before you today. This is my act of faith, that I want this restoration. I want this deeper story. And just take that first step as we sing this song together. Ladies, don't turn off just yet. In just a moment, I'm going to share with you a personal testimony from Tamara Johnston. Tamara was one of the girls in the boarding school that I worked in that I shared about in this keynote presentation. And at the conference, Tamara actually shared just for a couple of minutes about the impact that happens when we sow small seeds into the lives of others. Just before she shares, I would like to draw your attention to the Catholic Women's Masterclass. At the conference, we did a huge promotion for this and we are just about to kick off a new cohort next week. So, ladies... If you've been thinking about doing the Masterclass, can I really encourage you to head on over to the website, www.geniusproject.co, and take a look. We do have payment plans, or you can sign up and pay in one go. But this is a four-month journey of transformation where I walk you as a coach through these four rhythms of renewal. And this Masterclass is really for you if you are in the rut, if you are tired of living in a small story, and you want to go into a deeper story. It's for you if you are really struggling and want some breakthroughs or struggling with the overwhelm, the chaos and the busyness of life, and you just need a reset. There's some very special tools and skills that I'm going to teach you inside the masterclass. So head on over and check that out on our website, www.geniusproject.co. Well, I would love to introduce you to a very special lady now. Her name is Tamara Johnston, and she is going to share her personal testimony. So now I want to invite Tamara, who's going to tell us about her personal story with Jesus. Thank you, Tamara.
1: Hi, everybody. (laughs) All right. This is my very first time up here so <laughs> um, I actually I wanted to go um deeper on what Zankar and Trish talks about on um rooting your life in Christ and how when your cup is full in the Lord's light you can plant seeds in others and um just how important that can actually be thank you Okay. A little bit nervous. Sorry. I've never been up here before. And um, so this, I want to start by saying this was completely unplanned. So we did not plan for me to come up here and speak about anything, but I actually had a vision last night. So the Lord came to me. I could not go to sleep till two o'clock in the morning. He came to me and showed me speaking up here. I'm so nervous, but all right. Lord's coming. We're good. He came up here. Oh, sorry, he came up. I came up here. (laughs) He gave me a vision of me coming up here and talking to everybody. And um, all I wanted to do was go to sleep. I was like, you know what? I need to go to sleep. Like, I'm not a talker. Why are you visiting me? Can I go to sleep now? And he was like, no. You're going to write your notes down. And I was like, really? But I'm not. I'm just here. I'm just here getting a bit of Jesus like everybody else. But I did. I wrote my notes down. And... Today, when Karen gave her beautiful speech and her beautiful talk, she mentioned me. Um, So, I am that little girl that was at boarding school with Karen. Okay, sorry. I said I wouldn't get emotional. I'm that little girl that she initially didn't want to teach. I wouldn't blame her. (laughs) That little girl was cheeky. Trust me. I I don't blame her at all. Um, So... Yeah, I um, I mean, it's completely relatable. Um, so I ran after her after her talk, and I said, "Oh my goodness, this is crazy, but I <laughs> had this vision." And then I told her. Um, and here I am. So on a side note as well, I am very new in my walk with God. So um, new, but let me tell you, my heart is on fire. My soul is on fire) So, he is moving in ways that I just, I cannot explain to you. If it is the most craziest thing that I've ever encountered, but the most beautiful thing that I've ever encountered. Um, So, I just want to start with going into it now. When you plant a seed, it grows with love, water and nutrients, right? So, I want to give you my example of why that is so important when you plant a seed to give love and nourish it or even just plant it, if that's what you want to do. So my walk with God started with a woman so rooted in Christ, she planted one of her seeds in me. So Karen Doyle has been planting since I was 13. She's been planting through that little girl in boarding school. She took me to my first church event. She, um, I met Darlene, I got a signature. Shh, don't tell everyone, I know, I was excited too. Um, I sang in the church band with her husband, um, Jonathan Doyle. Um, And that is where the seed was first planted. It started there. Life separated us and we re-met when I was 18. So again, she planted a little bit more and she, you know, told me, you know, oh, I've got this church that you can go to. And she preached about the community and, and it sounded amazing. And she introduced me to a friend. And you know what? I went. I went twice and I didn't go again. It wasn't my time, but that's okay. The seed was planted, right? Fast forward six years. I was having dinner at her house and I, d- I started to show her some interest in God. And she jumped on that bandwagon. and you know what she did? She gave me the kids' Bible stories. You know what? This took me back to my childhood because my mum gave me kids' Bible stories. So that actually really related to me and it was a great start for me. She also gave me the movie, The Passion of the Christ. Little did I know that this movie would spark a change in me forever. That is how I really became to know Jesus, the first thing, was watching that and understanding and being like, wow, oh my goodness, wow. So that really sparked a change. So five years ago, I came to her conference um, called Arise. Something in me told me to go to this conference. Um, I was really starting my you know, movement towards God and, and in my walk. And um, I was just really drawn to it. And little did I know that that one conference stuck with me for so long. And the grace from that conference stuck with me for so long. So it was just such a beautiful event for me. She actually organized a lift. Um, to the conference, and back home with the Dominican sisters. (laughs) Boy, was I scared. I was like, what do I say? I just, it was very scary, but they were absolutely lovely. Absolutely lovely. Um, When the sisters dropped me home, I was actually talking to them the whole way, and I said, you know, I, I don't actually have a Bible. And Sister Rachel actually gifted me her personal Catholic Bible that she taught at school. Um, You know, little did she know that Bible became my armour and still to this day is. Um, After, oh, sorry, at the conference, I actually sat next to um, a key speaker. Her name was um, Laura Rowland. I just remember sitting, it was over here. I always sit over here. This is my spot. (laughs) Um, I remember sitting there and just looking at the stage and looking at the speaker and just in awe, like, wow. Like, wow, how beautiful. And Laura just randomly turned to me and she touched me on the shoulder and she said, you know what? You'll be up there one day. Here I am. (laughs) So, I just want to... I just The main message that I really want to get to all of you, and I think some of you are really going to relate by some of the things that I've heard, is that it is so incredibly important to armour up, root yourself in Christ, and plant your seeds. You don't understand how much those seeds can help someone. You don't understand that you are actually creating a garden. You may not see it, but God is behind their working. So as long as you plant your seeds... You will make somebody's life change. So armor up and start planning, ladies.
0: Well, ladies, I hope that you enjoyed that testimony and keynote presentation, and it really got you thinking about how you live your life, what are the small stories that you're living in and how is the Lord inviting you into a deeper story? As well as the importance of just armoring up in the word of God and the importance of sowing small little seeds into the lives of all of those people that we encounter Day in, day out. Sometimes we might think those interactions are insignificant, but really we have no idea of their power. And when we're really grounded in the word of God and we're women who are rooted in the gospel, then we actually can do so much to aid humanity in not falling and bless those people who come into our sphere of influence. Ladies, once again, I'd really love to invite you to join me inside the Catholic Women's Masterclass. We do kick off next week. And if you have any questions, I'd be only too happy to answer those. You can email me, karen at geniusproject.co or have a look on our website, www.geniusproject.co. And if you're not wanting to do that masterclass, but you really feel like you need someone to walk you through, I guess some of the breakthroughs that you might need in terms of your mindset and bringing your thoughts under the Lordship of Christ... Can I invite you to send me an email and ask about the Catholic coaching programs for women? I am a Catholic mindset coach and I walk women through how they can actually learn to pass their thoughts through that reason cycle and through this model that really helps us to evaluate and examine our thought life, to become a student of our interior life and to grow into the transformation and the restoration that Christ intends for all of us to live in. So if you're interested in that, please once again send me an email, karen at geniusproject.co. Until next week, ladies, have a beautiful week. God bless you, and I look forward to you joining me again on the Genius Podcast.